Hi there. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm Casey Coctelionis, and I'll be your guest host for this special series. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. As we approach our annual leadership conference, What's Right in Education, on October 27th and 28th, every Thursday, I've been highlighting a few interviews we've released at the beginning of the summer. In April of 2021, four of our partner organizations shared their stories of success in uncertain times in the American Association of School Administrators, AASA magazine. We also brought these four leaders on our show to discuss the practices they use to help their districts and communities thrive. This week, I want to revisit our interview from episode 183, Prioritizing Local Culture in Schools. This conversation is with Dr. Larry Womet, the superintendent of Lac de Flambeau Schools for over 16 years. Larry shares with Janet how its schools place the culture of students and their families at the center of their decision-making and practices. Lac de Flambeau School District is located on a reservation in northern Wisconsin. Their community is rich with Native American history, lush forests, abundant wildlife, and 260 lakes and 65 miles of streams. In total, the reservation expands over 86,000 acres in which 39,000 are owned by the tribe. Our population is about 90 to 95% Native American students from the Ojibwe tribe here in Lac de Flambeau. And just kind of a quick history, Lac de Flambeau, the name comes from when actually the, the, the Ojibwe tribe came here and I think it was 1754 with Chief Sharpenstone. And they came here for the wild rice, the fishing, the, the hunting that was available in the area. And so when they were here, French traders and trappers came through and they saw the uh, Ojibwe on the lakes spear fishing with torchlights in their hands. And that would help them to see the, the fish and the fish would come up to the light and they would spear those. And that's how they survived in some ways. And so the French took the name, the, the Lake of the Torches, and mm. French name for that is Lac du Flambeau. So that's how the, the tribe and the community got its name. As Larry mentioned, the Ojibwe tribe migrated from the Hudson Bay area to northern Wisconsin in 1754. Nearly a hundred years later, the Lac de Flambeau Reservation was officially established by the treaties in 1837, 1842, and 1854. This community has flourished for thousands of years as a trade and transportation hub with its many waterways. It also faced large competition for its resources, particularly its wild rice beds and its potential trade position. The inhabitants of this area would migrate between fishing and hunting along the shores of Lake Superior and in the fall would move into the wild rice beds and then to gathering nuts and berries. The treaties signed in the mid-1800s upheld their rights to hunt, gather, and fish off the reservation lands. So again, I just want to say that that tradition has been passed down from generation to generation. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important for uh, for the tribe is to be able to keep those, those rights. And when they were in the 1800s, mid 1800s, uh, when they moved on to the reservations here, they kept the rights to hunt and fish off reservation in the lands that they gave up. Mm. So that that, wow. did, that caused some issues in the 80s when 
they were practicing their rights off reservation. And um, we actually had a Supreme Court decision that they were entitled to those rights. But that, as you can probably imagine, caused some some issues and, and without people really understanding why. That's why it's so important for us, you know, in our school to focus on the Ojibwe tribe and their culture and their history and make sure that people know all about their past. Every school district really needs to uh, incorporate their community culture and the things that are important to their community into their mission, their vision, their strategic plan. And so, you know, as we look at our strategic plan, we're committed to uh, promoting continuous improvement in a healthy, safe, and culturally responsive learning environment, where when you walk down the hallways, you'll see uh, some really nice pictures of the seven clans hanging from the ceiling. So the different animal clans that that make up the tribes and and lack the flambeau. You'll see murals, beautiful murals on the wall, depicting Native American activities and things like that. You'll see beautiful artwork all over the place that is created by our own community members. And so it's just, it's just part of our school. We really want to emphasize that. During Janet's interview with Larry, he explains some of the traumatic history that has unfortunately shaped this community and culture. What Larry didn't say was even as recently as the 1980s, violent protests shattered the serenity of their lands when the Supreme Court upheld the spearfishing treaty rights. This further traumatized a community that was not a stranger to fights and suppression. As Europeans began to settle in North America during the 1800s, the Loch de Flambeau Ojibwe lost their way of making a living and their land. They were restricted to a reservation in 1854, and then in 1877, their reservation was taken away and exchanged for allotments of 160 acres per head of household. The leftover land was sold to Europeans who acquired even more land from the Ojibwe who were currently unable to make a living on the swampy plots they'd been forced onto. Hundreds of others were convinced to travel to Minnesota in promise of a new life and found no provisions at the end of their journey. A total of 400 Native Americans were said to have died in this instance of the government's attempt to redistribute these people. This became known as the Sandy Lake Tragedy. To make matters worse, from 1985 to 1934, the Bureau of Indian Affairs operated a boarding school that Larry will mention here in a moment. This boarding school divided families and further attempted to erode what was left of their Native American life. This historical context is an important foundation for understanding why it's critical that the culture of the Ojibwe tribe be present within Loch de Flambeau schools. Well, I think the first step is just bringing families and communities in and listening to their stories, getting feedback from families. I mean, Loch de Flambeau, we have a boarding school uh, in the community, and the boarding school um, for for those of you that may not be familiar with it, there was a time period in the U.S. history when Native children were taken away from their parents and put in these boarding schools to try to uh, get them more assimilated into the uh, into the culture of the United States. And, and it just a, was a terrible time period in our history. And a lot of the problems that uh, Native American communities face come from that breakdown of the family that started with uh, taking children away from, oh, from their families. And you can imagine the trauma leading to a lot of the issues, the, the alcoholism, the drug issues, those kinds of things when, when you have that breakdown of the family. And so like in our community, when we, you know, the, the Native American tribe, the people, they realize that everything really starts with the family and family is held up. Elders are respected. And so to bring people in and talk about the stories that they remember from their childhood of the things that happened to them, that happened to their grandparents, just how times when you're in a minority group, people can can marginalize you 
and make you feel ashamed of who you are. And so I think part of the healing process is to make sure that in our schools that we we make sure that students feel proud of who they are and where they come from. And one of the things we, we realized in our school and community is that a lot of the people who spoke Ojibwe language, there, there weren't a lot left. There were some elders who could who could speak it. And so there was a fear that when those people passed away, we would, we would lose the language. And so it's so important to get the elders to work with the younger people to learn the language. And so we're fortunate to have a, a number of people on staff now who are fluent in the Ojibwe language, who are teaching and culture to our students. But again, to, to share something that other districts can use, look in your community, see what the values that all of the people in your community hold dear. And the issues, you know, like with the pandemic, what are some of the issues that they faced? What are the issues of being at home by yourself and not being able to go anywhere and your children who normally could go out and play and, and come to school and do all those kinds of things? What are those issues that they faced? And so I think just having opportunities to, especially now starting to bring people together to hear about their stories and get some ideas from the families and the communities of what they need. Helping to preserve the Ojibwe language is a powerful example of what prioritizing local community culture in schools can do. As one of our leader coaches, Gail Juno Butler, recently wrote, a person's local environment is partially responsible for providing the context to nourish connection, belonging, and personal motivation. Local culture can be integrated as a tie that binds lessons to students' lives. Starting from a person's experience, we can inspire learning and make it stick. When education becomes a living thing, we can build a bridge to deeper lessons in life. Understanding local culture offers clues on approaching and responding to educational, social, and interpersonal situations. Time spent learning about local context and culture in schools can increase understanding and acceptance of others. Using this approach, we can shape a model for respecting others' unique contributions inside and outside of classrooms. Larry also brought up another great point. Among a grueling political season, protests across the country, and the loss of normalcy, socialization, and life the pandemic has brought, most of us have experienced some degree of trauma over the past 19 months. Whether your community culture has a similar history as Lac de Flambeau or not, now is the time to listen to our communities, harvest their stories, ask families how have they managed through this tough season. What can the school do as part of the community to lean in on what's working for individual families and scale that across the community? Now let's hear a little more about how the Ojibwe culture is embedded into Lac de Flambeau schools. Well, we prioritize. And so what that means is that we put that first. And um, a, a good example of that, if you don't mind, I'll read off our Warrior Pledge, which mm -hmm. is what we have our we have on our public address system every Monday morning. At, we start off, we have the, the Pledge of Allegiance and the Warrior Pledge. And then uh, we have our student drummers who do a drum song and start the week off in a good way. So our Warrior Pledge is, uh, incorporates the seven grandfather teachings. And the seven grandfather teachings are just different ways that tribal community and a lot of communities believe that if you do all of these things, that your community will thrive. And so um, our warrior pledge is, as a warrior, I am proud of my family, my culture, my school, and my community. I will commit to respect myself, others, and the environment by following the seven teachings of wisdom, love, respect, courage, honesty, humility, and truth in all that I do today. 
And you can imagine if you if mm -hmm. you are teaching those values to those kids, you really don't need a separate discipline policy right. or student behavior policy. If we can uh, get kids to follow the, the teachings and the values of the home and the community, school's gonna be a great place. At the core of these teachings is to reinforce how to treat people with loving respect. All people within the district strive to embody these teachings. This results in a shared responsibility for taking care of all children and their local community. Children learn about their culture in ways that teach them to care for tomorrow and the generations to follow. Another way the school demonstrated respect for the local culture was by partnering with the tribal council to mitigate the spread of COVID-19 and protect the elders of the tribe. Meeting students and families where they were was a key priority for Larry and the district leaders. Because of the multi-generational households that exist, there was a concern that children may catch COVID in schools and bring it home to their elderly family members. To compromise, Lac de Flambeau provided in-person and remote learning until all families felt it was safe to send students back to in-person learning. While some students excelled from home, others, as we know, did not. Larry's response to this is to meet students where they are, not where they should be, and build them up from there. By integrating local culture into learning, the Lac de Flambeau community respects Ojibwe roots and values and works to preserve them for future generations. It's likely your community has a rich history and culture too. What are you doing to bring that culture into your schools to enhance student learning? Not only does this context make learning more meaningful and memorable for children, but it also establishes a bond with the local community. This bond is powerful when we think about the importance of keeping talent in our local communities after they finish high school, trade school, or college. Here in Pensacola, we are blessed with a rich culture that schools can easily incorporate and build upon. Pensacola was the first European settlement in the United States founded in 1559 by the Spanish conquistador Don Tristan de Luna. It was also conquered by the French, British, and the Confederates and ravaged by hurricanes several times. We are known for our many festivals celebrating our history and current culture. Pensacola is also home to the U.S. Navy Blue Angels, and the area is surrounded by several military bases. We are often called the Cradle of Naval Aviation or the Western Gate to the Sunshine State. All of these elements help our community attract talented workers, new organizations, and visitors to come to our area. Students and visitors can tour Fort Pickens, the Gulf Islands National Seashore, the NAS Museum, explore historical buildings throughout downtown, and enjoy the widest beaches on the Gulf of Mexico. With over 450 years of history, there's plenty of culture to be embedded into our local schools. So as you head into this weekend, reflect on these questions. What elements of your community culture are valued in your school district? Is there more you can do to incorporate local culture? How can you meet students where they are to help them become the best version of themselves? Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about our upcoming virtual events, like our leader roundtables and what's right in education, visit studereducation.com events. I look forward to connecting with you next Thursday as we finish this series by revisiting Estacada School District story. Have a great weekend, everyone.